0: Joined by Anthony Kay. So I was pretty shocked when,
1: when I got traded. You know, it just wasn't, you know, something that you know, I was expecting them to trade, you know, their prospects away. Yeah, I think the last thing I need to do is try uh, poutine.
2: Welcome to another episode of Digging In with JPR and CBA. I'm your host, as always, Nick Ashbourne. And today our special guest is Anthony K, a a guy who's making a little bit of noise as one of the young starters of the future for the Blue Jays. Obviously, he has that cachet of being in the Marcus Stroman trade, but he came out with a really good MLB debut and then a bit of a tough luck second outing. And, you know, on a team where it's an open secret that pitching is a big open competition, he's someone who looks like potentially part of the 2020 rotation.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun to to get in the conversation with him and and to break down some other fun things about baseball. But, you know, I, I just want to hear for him how it all happened, because he was a a late-round pick out of high school, and then all of a sudden went to UConn and stayed close to home, and then from there became a first-round pick. So we'll see how it all went down. I want to see the difference. He he wasn't a guy. He's a New York guy. So all of a sudden, you're playing for the Mets, and you think you're going to be making your debut with the Mets, and all of a sudden now you're a a Blue Jays. So I'm sure that had to take him back a little bit because anybody would want to make – their debut with kind of the the team I'm sure that he grew up watching
2: yeah he's an interesting story a guy who's 24 he's been through some things he's been through some injuries like you said his draft stock rocketed up through college and you know another part of it that we're going to get into him get into with with him is sort of his outreach to the fans which has been a little bit unusual he's been you know he's been trying to ingratiate himself a little bit to the canadian audience but also seems to very genuinely kind of want to learn about this place where he's wound up and he's been asking about snacks and he's been you know people have been sending him stuff and the other day he had a photo of him at the CN tower uh no report on poutine yet but uh you know it seems like <laughs> he's he's taken it all in and that's kind of cool it's kind of cool to see a young guy embrace it with an open mind because i know you know it's a pretty well-known fact that there are people who, when they get drafted by Toronto, get traded to Toronto, they're a little bit taken aback by that because they have to go to a different country they don't know very much about. And some guys are pretty hesitant about that. And some guys have negative feelings about that. I think that generally they tend to come around when they spend time here. But when you first hear, I'm going to Toronto, I'm going to this other country I don't know much about, that can be a bit of an intimidating thing. Yeah, I mean,
0: you would think though, right? If he's a New Yorker, he, I would think that he would have a little bit of a of a sense because he's he's closer than most. I, I for sure, when I got drafted by the Blue Jays, I was here in Miami and I saw it and I was like, where the heck am I going? Are you kidding me? And so I'm sure, you know, that's a lot of guys' thoughts until you get there and you realize like, oh smokes, this is an unbelievable city. And this is Awesome, and there's a ton of things to do, and the food's great, and the people are great, and there's so many. I mean, it's just an awesome city at the at the end of the day. So, it's cool too. People that that want to embrace it. Some guys are just like, uh, I would say they're just hermit crabs, right? They don't they don't like to do things. They don't like to embrace it. That was one thing I always wanted to take advantage of in my career was when I went to Seattle. I wanted to see what Seattle was like. When I went to Baltimore, I wanted to walk around Baltimore. When I went to different places, I wanted to be able to understand about that particular city because, I mean, let's face it, baseball is not going to last forever, but your opportunity to travel the way that we were traveling, you know, was, was at the moment, it was pretty special. So you try to, you try to take advantage. So it's cool. I, you know, we'll get to ask him some questions. I wonder what's the most Canadian thing, quote, unquote, that he's had. Um, and if he hasn't had poutine yet, that's kind of a – we're going to have to get him on that, some, get him on some poutine, some smoked meat as well.
2: Oh, yeah. Montreal smoked meat is important. Uh, I mean, it's interesting that this is what we're talking about now because that's kind of the first topic I wanted to get into for today's podcast before we talk to Anthony Kay. You know, at the beginning of the show, we often end up talking about kind of league-wide things that are going on around baseball and our takes on them and sort of the bigger issues, quote-unquote. Today, we're not going to do that at all. But I saw this article uh, I kind of fell in love with, and it was by Stephanie Apstein at Sports Illustrated. And it was about kind of donuts as a central part of baseball culture. And it centers around Adam Jones, friend of the show, former guest for the Home Run Derby special. And sort of this urban myth that one time he had gone out and eaten a dozen donuts before playing a game and then, you know, went one for four in the game. So, you know, not horrible, you know, just another day at the ballpark, I guess. He at the beginning kind of, You know, he balked at that suggestion at the end of the article. He kind of at the end was like, well, you know, I housed them was the way that he put it, which I think is pretty funny. If you guys heard that episode, you guys already know that Adam Jones is a funny dude. But I guess I just want to turn it over to you first, JP, because I, you know, I'm rarely I mean, this is going to happen beyond the clubhouse. This is something that even like the reporters aren't going to really see much of is this you know this donut culture is apparently we've all been missing out on so shine a light on it
0: well first first off at the end of the day we're all fat kids at heart right like i don't care if you're you know vegan vegetarian if whatever kind of diet you do if how if you how clean you eat everybody wants to have i I don't know many people that don't like donuts i just it just is what it is right so let's put that into context also When you're playing baseball and they had it in this article, there's the whole saying to hit a sinker, you have to eat a sinker, which sinkers are referred to as donuts or donuts are referred to as sinkers. So that was as you get into these pro clubhouses and and all these, it's almost like a passage of time, right? Because there'll be a coach that'll come through and be like, hey, dude, you got to eat a sinker to hit a sinker. And then boom, it sticks, right? All of a sudden now you have that in your mind and then it becomes kind of an excuse to be a fat kid right like oh, all right day game we have a guy that's throwing sinkers on the mound we gotta eat donuts so it it's like anything right you you try to make an excuse to do something and and this is one of them and it and honestly it's it's so much fun because I had one time I was in A and I was in Pawtucket and you know Dunkin Donuts which Adam Jones wasn't very fond of in the in the article but Dunkin Donuts you know staple in the, in the northeast right so they had all these donuts in the morning, and I had—I I mean, I must have had at least—at um, the minimum six, right? Mm. And I'm and I'm DHing that day, so I had at the minimum six, and I'm crushing these donuts. And man, they are so good going down. But you have to imagine too, right? We're usually you're eating healthy and you're eating all these clubhouse foods. So when you get it, it's like a drug, right? When you get sugar and stuff like that, you just start eating it. You can't stop. I legitimately. Got to the first inning of the game, and I, I remember after the anthem, I sat down in the dugout, and I was, like, in full, like, just sugar, like, coma. Like, I was like, oh, crap, I actually have to hit, and I can't move right now. Like, I don't know what was going on anatomically, but I knew that I was, like, I had just crashed, and I was really jacked up. Um, and so I remember doing that, but it's it's so much fun for the clubhouse it, it guys bring in donuts it's like guys get fired up about those little things and nowadays it's even different because there's nutritionists everywhere and there's nutritionists that before you go let's say i'm with the blue jays and all of a sudden we're going to boston when you get to boston the nutritionist has already sent a guideline of guidelines of things that the clubhouse guy can put in or glove the clubhouse guy cannot have in and so you have to understand the side of the clubhouse guys, right? How do they get paid by taking care of players? So there's a lot of things that they do behind the scenes and it's almost like it's it's like funny cuz you would think like oh we're doing there's illegal paraphernalia in the back. No, it's freaking donuts. The guys the guys like hiding donuts so the nutritionists don't see it and guys are going back there and crushing donuts and it's kind of like the everybody in the clubhouse is like hey 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 uh you got to go to the back cuz they have donuts. And so everybody's like rushing to the back to get donuts because they're trying to keep it away from the nutritionist. So there's, it, it's just a fun part of what goes on, and that's one of those things. It's a great article, but it, it, there's a, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, honestly, everywhere you go, too, it gives you another excuse to be a fat kid because there's donuts in different cities, and you want to try them all.
2: Yeah, it seems like a lot of people have had fun with this. You know, Chris Davis on The Athletics in this article even says, like, you know, baseball is kind of boring. Donuts are definitely more fun than baseball. And, like, you know, there's there's some truth to that at times when you get to the dog days of August. There are definitely days where I've woken up and I'm going to the ballpark. I'm like, I would have loved to just sit at home and crush donuts instead, obviously, These guys are doing both. The 12 really stands out to me, the idea of eating 12 donuts. And this is an outfielder, too. This is a guy, like, I would like to see game footage from this film to see how he's moving out there in the outfield on the bait. Like, Adam Jones is an athlete. He's not some DH who, you know, he's not Daniel Vogelbach, not to, you know, shout out one guy.
0: Yeah, but he's still burning it, right? Like, that's one thing I learned, especially when I got done playing, is, like, all the stupid crap that you could eat uh, as a player because think about it you're there early you're working out then you have batting practice you're always constantly you're literally on your feet for uh, I would say six hours a day seven hours a day so you're burning at a high rate so you eat those donuts and you go out there and you play you know a, I would say a three-hour game a lot of them are like three and a half but you, you play three-hour game you're constantly running in you're constantly running out so it's it's not like it's it's hindering your performance i just think more oh than anything, come
2: on 12 donuts is gonna hinder your performance no, there's no. no way that 12 dude, there's, donuts dude, are there's hinder people your performance.
0: there's people that drink beer there's people that eat hot i mean listen if you play in 162 games there's different ways that you can that you're gonna go about your business to like
2: just stay oh, i'm not sane. shaming him and i get it but i'm just saying you know there's a difference between four donuts and 12 donuts that's I, that's the line that I'm talking about here.
0: Yeah, but it's still, I, I don't know. I think, I think listen, it's, it's fun. What's cool, too, is, is when you get to a clubhouse, usually the good clubhouse managers, when you get there, they already know what you want, right? So, like, where it says that Chris Bryant, when he gets to San Francisco's locker room, that he already has the donuts that he likes waiting for him in his locker, right? And so that clubhouse manager is going to get tipped better because he's taking care of each player individually. So that's also why these things in, 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 the, in the article they go on to say too that if the nutritionist says one thing and a player asks for something, I'm going to go with the player because at the end of the day, the nutritionist ain't tipping the clubby. The player's tipping the clubby. So if the player says, hey, I want you to bring me 17 dozen of donuts for this team the clubby's job is to go and get seventeen dozen of donuts for the team, and he'll have to deal with the repercussions of having to hear a nutritionist get upset. But it's not—he's not, not going to get fired. But now he's going to get tipped big time by the players. So that's where that's where that comes in. And you know, there's a lot. Actually, there's a lot of drama when it comes to right now in baseball clubhouses and and nutritionists because, I mean. Yes, you want to keep people eating like super clean and you're, you know, it's like fuel for your athletes and all this stuff. But the, there's a lot of tension because guys are like, hey, man, like we also want to have some stuff, too, that is not good for us. Like we we do this every freaking day, like give us a break. Like it's more of a mental like, oh, and it's weird because it's almost like a drug. It's it's like, well, wow, I can be a fat kid for one meal, like because they're they're so strict now. So. It's been contentious. I've heard in clubhouses that it's been contentious with nutritionists because people are just bringing in their own crap because they're like, dude, I don't want grilled chicken and brown rice and asparagus for the 70th time in the season.
2: Yeah, which makes sense. You know, no one can eat like that every single day. And it, it is about incentives, right? Like you said, the nutritionist is not going to tip the clubby. The clubby is out there making a living, he's gonna follow the money. That's what people do, and it's hard to begrudge him that. And this one guy with the Giants, Abe Silvestri, is sort of the hero of this individual article. I'm sure there's lots of guys like him out there. But I thought it was, I mean, you're gonna to have to forgive you and the listeners the puns I read out now, but uh, he had this whole donut checklist I'm gonna read out that he puts on the thing when the visiting players are coming in. So here are all the categories, and he'll check them. One of them is no nuts which is sorry no donuts don't ask it's a sensitive subject go nuts someone needs to go get the donuts slow nuts our guy is on his way but he's in traffic relax he'll be here oh no nuts one of my guys was on his way back with the donuts and hit someone with his car in brackets this really happened so i guess that was one like horrific (laughs) incident he decided to immortalize Yo Nuts, where are your donuts at? We have them, but we forgot to pull them out, which is, I don't know, not the wording I would have gone with, but sure. Low Nuts, healthy donuts, low sugar, low taste, low fun. What's the point in low sugar donuts? Get out of here. Yeah. Po Nuts, poor quality, cheap ass donuts. I wouldn't advertise that if I was him. Donuts, basic cheap donut. Not sure where or why we got them. So that's probably your Dunkin' Donut. Show nuts, this is what donuts taste like in the show. You're welcome. So that's like your top quality donut. Like like Adam Jones in this article is just like name-dropping donut shops all over the country. That's probably those ones. And then he's got grow nuts, not sure if you should. Grow a pair and grab a sinker. So there you go. There's the <laughs> yeah. interplay between the uh, you know the nutritionist advice and how guys feel. Mo nuts, we're out, we need more. And o nuts, custom order, pay up, you owe blank which i bet you that the donut you know bills can kind of pile up at times because when you go and you get the i, I have to say i'm not big into the fancy donut shop donuts that are going to cost you 350 a pop or something like i'm more of a grab a dozen from Timmy's type of guy but if you get like a couple dozen from one of these fancy ones that has like bacon in it or i don't even know what kind of flavors they're doing nowadays then you better then you better be that's a, a fan lot
0: cuz those are freaking sexy
2: Man, I get, we had a few, actually you and I had a few at spring training that were pretty impressive from a place in Dunedin. Um, But it just, I don't know. I, I, I just haven't been ingrained in that expensive top caliber donut culture. And maybe that's just a mistake on my part.
0: Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be able to splurge, but honestly too, here's another thing about the donuts is sometimes stuff like that becomes like routine or superstitious, right? So Think about if a guy comes into San Francisco or whatever, let's just say San Francisco because it's part of the article and has a huge series after having these donuts. You don't think that he's going to want to do that every single time he comes into San Francisco? Like these guys are baseball players and just professional athletes in general are insane creatures of habit and also very much so they are like super superstitious, not a little stitious, they're superstitious. And so... That is a huge part of keeping guys sane. If a guy goes out there and throws a good game, after has a couple donuts, I guarantee you he's going to eat a donut every single time, and it's just part of what they do, and it's part of baseball, and it's a long season, and these are things. Chris Bry- or Chris Davis is not off where he's saying that. It, I mean, it is a boring sport. You do it every single day, right? Like you do it every day is the same thing. Buses at two get to the field, you got this, like every day it's like Groundhog Day. You never know what day it is. So little things like as dumb as donuts can make a world of difference on showing up, and so that's a that's a big thing.
2: All right, I think that's a pretty good place to leave it. We're going to call Anthony K. right now, and you know the donut talk isn't going to totally end, guys. Don't panic. We're going to discuss the Tim bits and his comparison to Duncan, I'm sure as uh, he went through that kind of Canadian snack gauntlet. Anthony, by the way, congrats to the big
0: leagues. But you have a, you have a cool story. You're, uh, you get drafted to high school, turn it down, and then go to UConn and become a first-round pick. What was the biggest difference out of high school to, to college where you all of a sudden you turned it on and became you know, the, the prospect that, that you became?
1: Uh, I think, honestly, just, you know, maturing, having those 30 years of, you know, pitching a little bit more. and You know, my freshman year at Utah, I probably had about 45 walks in 70 innings. So, I think, you know, kind of getting that control down a little bit more definitely helped. And, you know, I think just being able to compete and, you know, learn from, you know, the older guys that, that were with me there definitely helped.
0: We're gonna we're gonna fast forward then to, you know, we always ask the guys when they get called up, right? What what was, what was the way that you were revealed that you were getting called up to the major leagues?
1: Uh, so the AAA manager Bobby Meacham uh, called me in the office and said uh, it was the la- after the last game of the year. So uh, you know, I saw a couple guys already get called up, and you know, I was I was thinking to myself like uh, it wasn't gonna happen for me. You know, I saw I already saw a couple guys, and so it was after the last game. And then he called me in and just pretty much told me that you know I'm going up. And he read a text from uh, from one of the front office guys. I don't even remember who it was from because I was so excited that you know to I was ready to just call my family already, and you know it was just really awesome.
2: Anthony, we're going to get back to some of the baseball stuff, but it just so happened that JP and I's opening segment before he came on was talking about the donut culture in baseball. So I want to touch on some of the snack stuff with you. First of all, you've kind of become a little bit Twitter famous for reaching out to Canadian fans, asking for information and advice, and then you've given your reviews on various chip flavors and Timbits and all that stuff. I want to ask you where that that idea came from to just – kind of put it out there. Hey, I don't really know much about Canada. Like everyone hit, come at me, tell me what's up. And what are some of the most interesting responses you've gotten and interactions from doing that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I came up with it on my own. I was kind of just, you know, bored one day. I think it was like one of the first days that I was in Buffalo and uh, we had a, we had a road trip. So we had like a five hour road trip, I think the Lehigh Valley and I was pretty bored on the bus. I was like, all right, let me uh, let me see what I can do on Twitter and see uh, you know if I can you know try and interact with the fans a little bit. And, you know, I honestly, wasn't expecting the amount of replies that I got. And you kind of get the whole concept for the entire country, you know, with, with that one tweet. I think I got like a thousand replies or something like that. I wasn't even able to answer all of them, which was it was just crazy. I was not expecting that. And, you know, it was, just, it was just really cool, I think, to, you know, be able to talk to the fans and stuff and see, you know, because I've never been outside the country. So it was definitely, you know, one of those things where uh, I kind of just wanted to get a little uh, feel for the country.
2: So you were able to do some of the snack stuff. Uh, personally, like this is between, you know, me, you, JP, and the listeners. I think you're dead on. I hate ketchup chips. Like whenever <laughs> You crazy. Go, you're crazy. You're both crazy. I hate I think they're trash and like when I go to the States and people like they bring bring up ketchup chips, I'm like, don't worry about it. They suck. <laughs> Whereas all dr- all dressed is actually sick. Uh, you know, Tim bits, there's plenty more to try. Tim Horns, you'll you'll get to that, I'm sure. I know that I saw the other day you had your CN Tower experience. What's left on your kind of initial Canadian bucket list that you're trying to get to? Because I'm sure that again, in all those replies, you were given, you know, tons and tons of suggestions.
1: Yeah, I think the last thing I need to do is try uh, poutine. I haven't been able to to try any of that yet. So I think uh, that's number one on the list. But yeah, ketchup chips did not like. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of ketchup. You know, I put ketchup on pretty much anything, and you know, just it's just too much tasting like ketchup. I think it leaves a bad aftertaste in my mouth. The
2: poutine you you will have to you will have to get to there. It's a it's a time and a place food. It's not uh like 11 o'clock in the morning. It's not an <laughs> early light lunch food. I think you want to have poutine at a time when. You don't hope to accomplish too much more with the rest of your day, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. so if you can, if you can time it right, it, it's a very, it's a beautiful thing. But uh, it didn't, can be hit and miss. That's for sure.
1: Right.
0: We were we were talking about the donuts, and I explained to him. Listen, at the end of the day, we're all fat kids, and now with the nutritionist, I mean, they're excessive on the things, which is part of the job. But we're also we the baseball can be super boring throughout an entire season so there's things that we have to do what would be your guilty pleasure like i i actually have crushed a good amount of donuts before a game and then just absolutely crashed it was a bad idea and i've had in and out before a game and then had a bad boiler for the first half of the game so is there is there a guilty pleasure for you
1: uh i mean i mean I'm I'm huge on candy and stuff like that, so I'll pretty much eat any of that, but I try and avoid it as much as possible before games, especially since uh, I'm only pitching one out of five days. So, you know, those other four days I can pretty much not eat ever, anything I want, but, you know, I can definitely, you know, snack on some stuff if I want to.
0: Is there a specific candy that you like? Uh, We're trying to get you an endorsement deal here. <laughs>
1: I'm a big sour patch guy, you know. I'll eat that or sour patch watermelon. You know, I, I love that, and that's that's probably my go-to.
2: It's a good call. Sour patch kids recently introduced the blue kid, absolute game changer. Oh yeah, that, uh, sour raspberry, so good.
1: Yeah, those are incredible. You can't, I can't go wrong with those.
0: <laughs> all right, I'm gonna. I'll ask one baseball question because I could sit here and talk food all day. But was there was it crazy for you? I'm sure from New York. And you're with the Mets, and you're thinking, "Hey, I'm on my way up through the Mets organization. I'll get to be able to to make it to the big leagues with the Mets." And then all of a sudden, you know, now you're making your debut with the Toronto Blue Jays. Was that was that something that you had env- envisioned? And then, kind of, how did that how did that feel when it happened?
1: Yeah, so I was pretty shocked when when I got traded because you know at the time they were uh, they were like seven or eight games back in a division or something like that and or the wild card and you know it just wasn't you know something that I was expecting them to trade you know their prospects away so when it happened I was definitely shocked I was actually you know at the movies with my girlfriend we were about to go see a movie and then you know I think that that uh kind of threw that out the window we never got to see the movie <laughs>
2: all right i'm gonna i'll follow up jp by reluctantly asking another baseball question uh one thing that i thought was interesting i think it was a previous radio appearance actually i think you were asked about you know what's changed since you came to the blue jays organization and you were talking about the breaking ball the curveball and how you wanted to make it more 12 to 6 as opposed to more of a slurvy pitch that you had before your first outing it really showed up uh, you got a lot of guys with that pitch um how far has that come and how do you you know to someone who doesn't you know pitch or know how much of pitching if that is the goal like i want to make my curveball move this way how do you attack that goal
1: yeah so you know they have the, all the tools and stuff the analytics and stuff to show you you know how much it's moving and stuff like that and you know, you kind of just work with grips and stuff and you know it's actually uh doug Mathis, the AAA a pitching coach in buffalo he uh kind of just told me to just move my thumb up like a half an inch like onto the seam rather than off it and you know i think that really helped it kind of just clicked and you know made everything work that i've been trying to work on for months at a time
0: was there is there a big difference in philosophies as opposed to because i like i just talked to I, I do stuff down in miami with the Marlins. And I talked to a pitcher who got traded from Tampa to the Marlins and he was like, dude, it's completely different as far as the information they give. For you, is there a difference in the way, you know, even analytically or whatever it was, a philosophy from the Mets to the Blue Jays? Uh,
1: I think that I think that the Blue Jays probably use the analytics a little bit more. You know, they kind of know how to read it a little bit better and, you know, use it into games. I feel like. You know, with the Mets, they they didn't really, you know, they had all the information. They just didn't really know how to, like, like put it together and, you know, try and help you, you know, work on something. So it was, it's definitely a little bit different, but, you know, I don't think it was, you know, too much different with, you know, the way they were thinking. I think, you know, there was just, you know, kind of just like a way of, you know, getting it out there.
2: All right, now we've had our amount of baseball that we need to have, you know, officially to be a baseball podcast. I wanna ask you something that is uh, very much not baseball related. there a lot of photos recently came out about the Blue Jays like rookie dress up that was all over Instagram. I believe that you were Jay uh were you silent Bob or Jay to T J zoic Yeah, T J was Jay and I
1: was silent Bob
2: yeah so i was just wondering what goes into that day and that because like basically all we see is you know you guys are in the clubhouse and then like a little walk down bremner street how how involved is that whole process how do you pick the costumes because it seems like Wait, a, little, a big event
0: costume. he ain't picking those costumes yeah, yeah so we who's get choosing that for there. you
1: <laughs> yeah all the all how? the uh, veterans picked it out for us kind of trying to, how to try to match our personality a little bit so you know, they didn't really know me me and TJ too well since we've only been up for, you know, like a week and a half. So, you know, we don't really, I haven't really talked much. And, and so they figured Silent Bob would be great for me. And then uh, I shaved my beard the day of not knowing that, you know, the costumes were coming. And then they got a little pissed off at me because you know, Silent Bob had the beard. So they weren't they weren't thrilled with that. <laughs>
0: You threw off you threw it off and then and it's funny because Ryan uh, the PR guy uh, had told me he's like hey you know open him up a little bit because he's a little quiet is that something that people are, are you quiet at the beginning and then because I don't think just having the conversation with you I don't feel like you're very much of a, a quiet person is that just something you try to do uh, in in the clubhouse
1: yeah I mean I don't, I don't want to you know like step on someone's toes and get in their way and stuff like that so you know I, I kind of try and stay Stay to myself for the most part, and you know I don't I don't I don't want to you know get in someone's way.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the whole rookie scared to kind of do things, and you'll and it and, and it's all it happens to every one of us. The another question outside of baseball, one. So Anthony, what does Anthony do in the off season for fun? Like, is there do you golf? Are you a gamer? Are there things that you like to do? Like, what would be something? Like I, for me, I always wanted to take a trip because I was over, and I wanted to go hunt. I, I enjoyed going out and hunting. Like, Is there anything that, that you enjoy to do in the off-season that would tell people about to, who Anthony is? Uh,
1: I'm a big video game guy, so you'll see me playing video games a lot in the off-season. <laughs> Definitely, that's pretty much consumes most of my free time.
2: Another thing that you touched on in the uh, whole dress-up was the beard issue. Obviously you can't see me and JP, well, you know, JP, JP keeps it relatively close. I have had a wild variety of beard uh, styles in my time that JP is always commenting on. They range from like lumberjack to absolute clean shaven, like 12 year old. What is your general beard preference and philosophy? Because I know that I've seen photos of you throughout the years of your pitching career. And like me, it seems like you've experimented all yeah. over the map.
1: Yeah, so uh, at UConn, we weren't allowed to have any facial hair, so I was pretty much clean shaven for those three three years. And then, you know, once I got into pro ball, I was kind of able to experiment a little bit. I think at one point last year, I had a goatee going, just kind of just kind of just do anything, you know, if you're struggling a little bit to get yourself going a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, just a just a little scruff, I think, is my uh, is my favorite look.
0: Yeah, I've I've struggled quite a bit at the end of my career, and I went mullet, and it still didn't help. But it helps us. It helps us mentally. It helps us mentally. So I I completely under, understand how it goes. I want to say, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it and continue to go out there and have fun, man. And and it's been good. You should let your
1: personality.
0: Let your you can let it out a little bit in the clubhouse because you're obviously you got a, a good personality, man. Thanks for coming on
1: thank you
2: appreciate it and if you're looking for beard inspiration you can look up what mike fires did the other day no, with don't the A's. that, with thing that, thing that swirl not, that's too that's, far that's too far that that's unreal <laughs> Get, man <laughs> if you're ever out of ideas just give it a shot we appreciate you having uh you coming on anthony thank you man i i mean i i'd always well, the moment i saw mike fires i thought about doing it myself like that was no in, you an did an not inspired look that i didn't think on it for too long but i gave it a, i did give it a thought i was like oh what would it be like to just have that you'd have it for one day obviously you wouldn't someone someone called it the monkey tail which i thought was a pretty pretty good description of what it was dude that's i mean i thought it was terrible but
0: it's also i understand listen he's not doing it obviously because he thinks he looks good he's doing it to break up the monotony of every freaking day going to the yard and just being bored out of your mind. So you, I've, I've been there. I, I literally have shaved the mullet in my head. I've put like the the side steps, like three, three like lines on the both sides of my head. And you can only do a certain amount of things throughout a season. Uh, your hair is one of them. Your facial hair and then your hair on your head is one of them that you can. I have had. I will say this. This is out there, but I have had. B- People, players have, teammates have sh- made body hair, um, shavings or whatever it may be, whether it may be literally an arrow pointing down, like stupid stuff like that with their stomach hair. Like, so these are the things that players do to stay, to stay just sane throughout a season.
2: And that's why the New York Yankees need to rethink their policies because they're, you know, they're depriving their players of the ability to maximize their mental health and focus. So, and you know what? That's why the Yankees aren't going to win the World Series this year. There you go, prediction. Yankees lose because their players because, aren't loose enough. Because they're not loose. <laughs> All right, what for to do? We got to touch on Blue Jays a little bit. I think that's in the rules of this podcast. And there's just one thing that I wanted to talk about. And that's the way the sort of catcher tandem is, is happening right now, which is a little bit unexpected. You know, we always thought that Dane Janton was going to be this guy who was an above average hitter and kind of solidifies his place. We talked about him as a top 10 OPS guy at the beginning of the year. That hasn't panned out. I don't think that that means people should give up on him offensively. I still like what he brings with a bat. I think he just had this season where he got off to such a disastrous start that it was really hard to dig himself out of the hole and i like his his potential long term but reese mcguire is doing things that no one thought he would do with the bat he's got as many home runs in his little mlb cameo as he did in all of his triple a season is there anything about what reese mcguire is doing right now that interests you jp or that you think kind of changes the longer term calculus on where the blue jays sit because I think the assumption always was Jansen is the starter going forward and Maguire profiles as kind of the perfect backup. But right now, the way he's swinging the bat and obviously we know about the defensive tools that he has, has what he's done changed your mind about that at all?
0: Well, let's be honest. In decision makers' minds, a lot of times, and this is what I think is, is actually it's detrimental at, at times, but it can be you know positive. I think this is a positive time. But... A lot of decisions makers will say, "Hey, this is our guy going forward," and then all of a sudden, it changes two weeks later, right? Like it—that's th- just the way the nature of the beast. But I think it's a positive. One, anytime somebody's doing well, Reese McGuire is a guy that they traded for, and he's a guy who is who was a, was a top prospect and is a top prospect, and is continued. His defense has always been. A guy, you've, I mean, we've seen the highlights. He throws guys out from his knees. He can catch. The question was always, can he hit? That's why he profiles as a backup catcher. And he comes up and all of a sudden he's hitting, right? I think it's a great problem to have. And the reason why I think it's a great problem to have is because you have a righty-lefty combination. And so if it was both right-handed hitters, then we would be, we would be talking about, man, this is a weird thing. How do you split up the time? But because it's a righty-lefty combination, I think it kind of makes this an easier opportunity to say, "Hey, maybe we're gonna do matchups. We're gonna do the matchup. We're gonna do the matchup thing and see." You know, obviously, there's more right-handed pitchers than there are left-handed pitchers, but hey, we're gonna match us up as best as we can, and and see. Reese is a lefty, so it'll help him. So I think I think that the Blue Jays are in a good position to make that decision, depending on. All right, does Reese does Reese does continue to hit the way he's hitting? Because he's proved, and he's and the way he's playing, he deserves to get a chance. Now, but you said Danny Jansen was your your catcher. Well, that's where they have to decide because then at the end of the day, if you sit them both down, it all comes down to communication, Nick. If you sit them both down and you say, hey, listen, we think you're both good enough. We want you both to be the captains of this team. We're going to split your time up. We just want, we want to make the best situation. Hey, and if you're catching, if you guys might catch every day in the sense of we might start one guy and finish with the next. But you have to be upfront because the worst part is if you say, hey, Danny, you're our guy, and then it's, it's not the case. So that's, that's where I think that they have to go is just the communication element and see the way it works. And then some, if one guy tips their head a little bit more, you bring them in. You say, hey, listen, Danny Jansen's playing really well. He's 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 a guy that we're gonna run out there probably a little bit more now, and so it's a good thing because the the biggest part of it is you have a left-handed hitter and a right-handed hitter, so there's always a way to be able to match those guys up to give them the best opportunity for themselves. So I I think it's 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 a good. Scenario, if I'm Danny Jansen, I'm pissed. Though. I'm saying, hey, dude, I thought you said I was the everyday guy. And, I, and if I'm Reese, I'm going, hey, man, I'm hitting. Why am I not playing? So it's a tough situation.
2: One, one thought that I had, and this is a bit of a goofy idea, and tell me if you think this makes any sense. Let's say that you, you thought, you know, we start thinking a little bit higher of Reese McGuire than we did before. Before we thought Danny's going to catch four games and Reese is going to catch one. What if Danny caught three games and Reese catches two and you pair them with the pitcher? Like you have, let's say you have, this is supposes you have a rotation of five with any kind of stability, which is not what the Blue Jays had this year. And, you know, to be honest, maybe it's not what they're going to have next year. But could you imagine a scenario where you gave Jansen three pitchers and you gave Maguire two pitchers and then all the pitchers get to have their own personal catcher? Because that's something that, You know, it's been shown the pitchers really like to have, and maybe that would help strengthen those bonds. Is that something that you could see making sense?
0: Yeah, no. If you're asking me, here's here's what I'm gonna tell you. That's fair. Like I'm putting it out there. Here here's why I say no. Is because I don't like having a guy catch a certain person. Okay, because these guys have to be able to know their staff, every one of their pitchers, and so. Now, eventually, there might be an opportunity where, you know, Brandon Morrow was really good with Jose Molina behind the plate. So then that was what happened, and you try to match those guys up. The reason why I like to have them catch everybody and it be more on a basis of who's on the mound and who's the guy that's going to be hitting, is it a right-handed pitcher, left-handed pitcher, is because, God forbid, one of them get hurt. And the last thing you want is... Let's say, let's say Jansen's out for the year and we're halfway during the season and Reese McGuire has only caught the two guys that he's caught the entire season. Well, what that does is that that crushes the other three pitchers that are going to be pitching on that, on that five-day rotation because although, yeah, he's watching and, yeah, he sees how they go about it, he doesn't know exactly how to catch them. There's nothing for any replacement other than game experience with pitchers. And so for me, that's the biggest thing is these guys have to be able to have guys. They have to be able to catch everyone and know every part of every single pitcher. So that's the only reason why I would balk at that is because I would say when you start designating catchers for pitchers, God forbid something happens, now all of a sudden you got 15 other, you got 15 other starts with a guy that doesn't really know you inexperience-wise. So I think you have to move them around you have guys catch you have you have guys catch whoever it is they have to know these guys inside and out because it's going to make each other better it's going to make those relationships better because also there's one thing that's weird and I'll tell you this Brandon Morrow is one of my boys and I got to catch him later in his career but I always felt like I wasn't Brandon Morrow's guy when when Jose Molina was my backup he caught Brandon Morrow every start so I always felt like you know, the other four starters were my guys, and Brandon Morrow wasn't necessarily my
2: guy. So there's a little bit of disconnection there. All right, I'm going to end it off with a would-you-rather here. I don't have much to add to that. I think I see where you're coming from. If there's an injury, that really throws that plan uh, out of whack. Though I do see why individual pitchers do like having a personal catcher, but I think you probably have to be that ace-level guy to get it. Anyway, the would-you-rather for today is – uh you know relatively gross as per usual you could argue it's a weirdly a tree theme i guess this was by accident would you rather sweat maple syrup so every time you sweat it's just sticky dark maple syrup or eat a raw pine cone with every meal so every time you're eating a meal you got to incorporate a raw pine cone in there or you've got uh, maple syrup sweat. I, I'm gonna. Here's the reason why, and this is an easy one for me, is because
0: I work out a lot, and I like to not only work out in the morning. I like to run in the afternoon or walk, take long walks, and throw podcasts on. Um, so I would hate to constantly have to s- like sweat sticky maple syrup. I would hate it. I would absolutely hate it. And although if I did that, because of me sweating so much, I could maybe fiscally make maple syrup and make some money off of it, have a company. But I think that there's ways I can I can put the pine cone in a freaking blender and blend that baby up and then have it. It doesn't have. I don't I could eat it raw, but I have to just blend it up and, and take pieces of it. So I, I just that's, that's for me is, is I work out way too much. I run way too much. I like being outdoors. I sweat way too much. I live in Miami. You know, it's very hot here. It's humid. So I would, I would be in a whole lot of
2: trouble. I, I think you're probably right. My devil's advocate. You're always, yeah, you're always going to go against me. So I want to hear your (laughs) devil's advocate. Uh, First of all, I actually didn't even think of the money-making possibilities, but I think if you kind of hooked yourself up to it you could craft a device and then you would instead of like maybe going out for a run then instead i would run on a treadmill and then i would be hooked up to a device and it would be harvesting maple syrup which then (laughs) of course
0: you want to make money (laughs)
2: man i actually didn't think of it about until you mentioned it i have other reasons But I think you can make good, honestly, maple syrup is worth a lot of money. And I I sweat a lot uh, just as a human being. As you know, I have hair. This is a factor in how much you sweat. Uh, So I sweat a lot and I think I could make a lot of money. I also, I love maple and maple products as a good, proud Canadian. So I think it would actually be nice to, the smell of it would be nice for me. Like if you're exercising and you, it's, it's such a great smell to me. So I would like that. And the pine cones, I just see them tearing up my gum. I feel like my whole mouth is going to be bleeding like on a, on a daily basis. I don't know if the blenders allowed in the spirit of the question. No,
0: no, 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 no. That's, you can't take it back now. You can't, but if I can, even if stamp. I
2: can't take it back, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to stab you somewhere. No one has ever studied the effect nutritional effects of eating like a huge amount of pine cones cause it's stupid and no one would ever do it, but it's gotta be bad for you somehow. I would assume like it's inedible it's your your body can't digest it although we eat corn which is basically the same as that yeah, i don't know that's why give you, me the give me the you. money i'll do my exercise in with my weird suit on and uh yeah i mean it's not perfect and you it's not think, gonna be that perfect you, think life. you think people are going to want to buy the maple syrup that comes off your sweaty I'm, ass am i going to be body? honest about it am i going to market it that way no it's just going to be like ashbourne reserve <laughs> ashbourne reserve extra dark <laughs> So freaking sell it gross. for 25 dollars a bottle oh that's so disgusting <laughs> all right uh, i think that's a good that's a good place to end it yeah. so uh we appreciate you guys tuning in subscribing leaving reviews if you're disgusted by my maple syrup reserve like feel free to mention that in your review and uh you know whether you're listening to us itunes spotify we appreciate you
0: and congrats to Zoobs on this uh oh yeah and
2: our friend of the podcast our producer andrew zuber has a new podcast coming out i guess we'll we'll plug that now it's called but first sports it's a daily sports podcast just kind of the big thing that's in the news that day He's a really talented guy behind the mic. Probably wasted editing our stuff as well, but <laughs> he is um, great. Yeah, he is great. You should definitely subscribe to that as well. So we'll uh, look forward to doing this again next week, and hopefully you'll tune in.
0: See ya.